الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على قاتم النبيين على آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم ربنا زدنا علما Before we start the درس tonight there's an important notice I have to say in case the other brothers go before they hear it Last week one of your brothers in here asked me about the case of the ring silver ring for a man Actually, when you study the Sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Quran and Sunnah, you will find out that there are two major cases always to put in mind. Depending on the evidences, you will find general evidences from Quran and Sunnah and specific or exceptions. Now, if we go to the general evidences of Quran and Sunnah. Every gold or silver is prohibited for the men of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu Clear hadith on that telling us that a man who is from Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not allowed to use gold or silver. Now, up to this point, that was my knowledge. And that's why I answered the, the question about the ring of silver that it is not allowed for men. But one of your brothers, Khair, he sent me an email telling me there is another hadith that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to wear a silver ring. Ah, this is now an exception. Exception from the general case that gold and silver is not allowed for men. Now this hadith I, do not, I did not know before that. That tell you also that our knowledge my knowledge is actually limited. No one to say that he knows everything on the Quran and Sunnah. If you go and see all these scholars of Islam, none of them said that he knows all the Quran and Sunnah evidences and he understands in the correct way. So, I'm not really comparing myself to these scholars. I'm just saying that I'm a, 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 a humble brother of you. I'm trying just to convey some of what I know about Islam to my brothers in this message. So, back to the case. Yes, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to wear a silver ring so it is allowed in Islam. That's the case. Now, back to our topic tonight. As Brother Sheikh Mtiyaz, Jazallah Khair, said on the introduction, tonight, inshallah, we're going to discuss the chapter number 8 of Kitab al-Tawheed, which is talking about Quran and Sunnah, again, taking the evidences of Quran and Sunnah in the case of the Tawheed or Monophism. Monophism, as we said before, is to believe in the oneness of Allah wa ta'ala, in three cases. In his deeds, that's ruwiyah or lordship. In our deeds, that's uluhiyah or worship. In his names and qualities, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's asma wa sifah. When a man or a human being believes in the oneness of Allah in these three cases, then he is a monotheist. If not, then he is not a monotheist and he is in danger of being a polytheist. And we know how dangerous is polytheism, as we said before so many times. Tonight, we're going to talk about a case of arruqa wa tamaim. That's the Arabic words of these cases. Arruqa, ruqya, in Arabic, maybe it's in some other languages the same, but it means that 
someone will recite Quran or Hadith or Dua on another person or in himself directly with a little bit of spitting. That's called Ruqya. So he's making Ruqya. So usually if a person is a sick person or having an evil eye or he is having a jinn. And we don't want to go to the case of the jinn again and say some people they don't believe in the case of the jinn and the jinn can get into the human being body. This is already have been discussed before. And the evidences are clear in that in Quran and Sunnah as Allah told us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book about the people who is taking riba. He said, لا يقومون إلا كما يقوم الذي يتخبطه الشيطان من المس. Mas in Arabic means he's touching this man, he's getting into him and he's controlling the body of a human being. So jinn have the capability of getting into the body of the human being and control it. But that's only the human body, the, the human being who is not really having his weapons. He's not using Quran and Sunnah to defend himself as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. In so many hadiths, including the hadith that Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu told us that when he was walking with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the darkness outside of Medina, so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya Abu Dhar, qul, say. So Abu Dhar, he did, he did, Abu Dhar did not know what to say. So he kept silent. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam again said, Ya Abu Dhar, qul. So he did not say anything. And the third time, he said, Ya Rasulullah, what should I say? So he told him, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ ثلاثة مرات, three times a day, in the morning and in the evening, will protect you from everything. Clear hadith, a very clear hadith. Very clear and correct hadith, alhamdulillah. When a person, when a Muslim is using these يعني, weapons to defend himself from jinn, he's not going to be touched or hurted by jinn, alhamdulillah. How, how easy, how simple, but a lot of people are not doing it. And then they claim they, say have a, they have a problem. You are controlling them and, and hurting them in their houses and with their children. Al-Ruqa, again to say that it is using some dua, some ayah, some hadith on, a, on the person himself or in the others. Then a question comes in here, which is a jumping question actually, to say, say why it is haram? Why it is rejected? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that ruqya is not the same. Not every ruqya is a ruqya. And not every ruqya is accepted. And not every ruqya is haram. We'll see this inshallah during the discussion of this chapter. At tamaim actually which is called in, in Urdu, I think, Ta'weez. They are using some kind of knitted thing. Now, what's in this thing? We'll talk about it later on again. They are using these things to hang on the children usually, thinking that this will defend them from the evil eye or other things, or jinn or something. That's called Tamima. Tamima is one, Tamaim is more than one. What's the situation of them will come to us, inshallah, in the next few points, inshallah. So the first hadith we have in here, Abi Bashir al-Ansari, one of the Sahaba of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that he was with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in some traveling. So he sent sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
somebody to tell people that no necklace to be left on any camel for the Muslims. Okay, that means Arabs at that time used to put necklace on their camels for certain reasons. Okay, a necklace for a camel, if you are using this to, to drag the camel, that's fine. But Arabs, they are not doing this. They, they used to do something else. They are using this to protect the camels from the evil eye, to protect the camels from jinn, to protect the camels from other things. Now here's the problem. That's why we have to divide the case of Tama'im, the case of Ruqa, to some points will come to us, inshallah, during discussion tonight, inshallah. So, this first hadith is clearly telling us that Muhammad sallallahu rejected the case of this necklace on the camels or other animals. The other hadith is Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. Ibn Mas'ud is very famous Sahabi, as we said before, and he is one of the best uh, knowledge Sahaba about Quran. Ibn Mas'ud, Ubayy ibn Ka'ab, Abdullah ibn Abbas. Still again, I forget the number four one. That's the same I have it before, I cannot remember it now. However, these four Sahaba were the best of Sahaba who knew about Quran. Ibn Mas'ud said, every ayah in Quran, I know where it was descended. And when, and what time. Every ayah of Quran. MashaAllah. What can you say? Thousands of ayat of Quran, he knows every ayah, when it was descended, and what time, and where. Is it in the day or the night? Is it in, 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 in Medina or outside of Medina? He knows all of this. So he is a, one of the best knowledge in Quran. Now, when Mas'ud said, he said, I heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa this hadith, which is narrated by Ahmed and Abu Dawood and the others. Muhammad said, Inna al-ruqa wa wa shirk. Three things, all of them are polytheism. Again, we have a problem. As far as we know, that ruqa is not haram. How come it become a polytheism here? We'll come to it. Just wait a second. <coughs> we, look, we talked about al-tama'im, what is it? What is it? We talked about al-ruqa, what is it? Then we have the at-tiwala. At-tiwala actually, some kind of magic. Closely to be magic used by some women to make their husbands love them. Or vice versa. To be made by the man to make the wife love them. Could be also called in Arabic, as-sarf, wal-af. Some kind of magic is used and that's why it's called magic and it's not allowed in Islam. We'll come to it inshallah also in this case. Before we go on, to the case of Hadith of Abdullah ibn Ukayb radiallahu let's take a point or a step to the case of these three things. Why, what are they? What's the judgment of them? What are, what's the judgment? Is it haram? Is it allowed? Is it shirk as the Hadith mentioned? We want, want to see. And again to say, see, remember I told you in the beginning that you may know some Hadith, lots of Hadith, lots of Ayah Quran about something but you are missing one or two other hadith which is going to be an exception 
A very good example we said about the case of the ring. Now we know from most of the hadith which is said by Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that gold and silver is haram for the men of Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Fine, that's the general adjustment now. Lots of hadith saying this: to use to use the gold or silver in the, in the eating, like spoons, to use it in, in, in the water bombs, it is haram. So generally now it's haram. That's what I used to know. Now, there was an exception I do not know. This exception that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used a silver ring. So now, because I missed this hadith, I was thinking that it's all haram in every case. But in this case now, I knew, I learned, I, I learned now, during the last week, that it is allowed in this exception. Same thing for the case now of Ruqa and Tama'im and Tiwala. We have a clear hadith now saying that every ruqiyah, every tamimah, every tiwala is forbidden. That's a general, general judgment now. But actually, we have to be careful. Don't take one hadith, grab one hadith, yalla, khalas, this is all. Finish. It's haram. No, wait. Maybe there is other hadith telling you or giving you some exceptions or some explanations. So we were not supposed to jump to conclusions from one hadith or one ayah. We have to study them all, then we give the judgment. As we said before, if you are in the university and they want you to make a research, in some case, you are going to grab every good knowledge or a good point or opinions or discussions about the case you're talking about or you're searching about, and after you grab them all, you bring them all in one place, you study them, then you give the judgment out of it. Same thing for the Quran and Sunnah, we're supposed to do the same thing. Sorry. So if we look at the hadith which is saying that Tama'in, Ruqa, Tiwala is polytheism. And we know there are some other hadith that Muhammad allowed some of these, especially in Ruqa. Ruqya means, as we said, to recite Quran or Sunnah and Dua on someone or for the Sunnah himself, himself, you know, with spitting and that's allowed by Muhammad How can we compare now? How can we, how can we combine? These or bring all together in the same time. Easy. We can take the first hadith that he is talking about those ruqa or tamaim or siwala which is containing shirk. These things which is containing shirk are really shirk, a polytheism. I'll give you a good example. These amulets or ta'weez that people are carrying. Sometimes if you unfold them, you'll find that there are some dua, but not to Allah, but to the dead persons, pious persons, Khalandar Babad, so on. He's calling, he, they are calling him instead of Allah. As we know, this is polytheism. It's not allowed in Islam to call other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best person. Say, what's the problem here? It is a polytheism. Now, this polytheism, it is a case of Amulet, it is now not allowed, it is polytheism. Now if you compare this to what was the situation in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that people were not carrying these amulets with Quran or Sunnah. For sure. For sure that the time when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said this hadith, majority of Arabs that time, they are hanging amulets which is not containing Quran and Sunnah. So now we understand the hadith. 
This hadith is, not, is giving a general judgment for the time where Muhammad Now if we come and see the, the things happened later on, we can see why he allowed it in some other hadith. Even Ruqa, which is reciting some Quran or Sunnah on the person, it was not like this before. Before Quran and Sunnah comes, when Muhammad was not yet as a messenger of Allah, before he was 40 years old, there were Ruqa and there were Tamaim also. But these Ruqa were not with Quran and Sunnah. Of course, because there is no Quran and Sunnah at that time. So what were they were using, calling the jinn to help. So a predictor, a predictor or a magician, he will make ruqya on others by calling the jinn to help out. So there is dua, yes, but it's not dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's dua to the jinn, devil jinns. So in this case, when we see this hadith and Put this hadith to the, to the life in that time, the, in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, especially in the beginning years of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for da'wah for Islam, you will find out this hadith is clear for what's happening in that time. Simply and easy. In this case, we have to see what is the judgment of al-ruqa and al-tamayim and al-tiwala. We said that it is not like this, we have to give some details. So we can divide al-ruqa, al-tamayn, al-tiwala to some levels. First of all, let's talk about al-tamayn, al-tamayn amulet, or ta'weez, whatever you call it. It is three levels, three judgments. If these tamayn amulets containing polytheism into it, calling someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dua, to a shaitan or to devil jinns or to the khalandar babas or whatever who is except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is totally major shirk and it is not allowed and excluding the person who is using it knowing it out of Islam first level second level second judgment if the person of course he or he thinks in the first level also if he thinks that it is going to protect him by itself independently so it is a major shirk if it's not from Quran and Sunnah, the second level, and he thinks it's only a reason, but the protector is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is a minor shirk. Does not exclude from Islam, but it's a way to. It's a means to exclude from Islam. A person who falls into it is not out of Islam yet, but he's in danger. So it's a minor shirk. If he thinks it's only a reason, it's not independently protecting by itself. He thinks that the protector is Allah, and this is only a reason to, for protection. This is invalid reason, so it is a minor shirk. The third level is if this amulet from Quran and Sunnah and correct dua. Here we have to be careful because ulama, even Sahaba themselves, were divided into two types, two groups. One group they say it's allowed. The other group. Including Ibn Mas'ud, who narrated this hadith, he said it's not allowed. Those who said it's allowed, they said it's Quran and Sunnah. You are hiding Quran and Sunnah, and Quran and Sunnah are barakah, and they are protecting, of course. That's definite. So there's no problem in hanging it. Those, the other group who says it's not allowed, and it's haram, not minor shirk, of course, not major shirk, it's only haram. Why it's haram? They gave three reasons to say that amulets or hanging amulets is haram. They gave three reasons. Even from Quran and Sunnah, of course. 
The first reason they say that this Quran or Sunnah or this ayat or this hadith of Muhammad which is hanged in the neck or in the arm will be insulted usually because the person will go to the bathroom. How come you are carrying Quran or Sunnah to the bathroom? And if it's with children, which is usually, which is usual, they will be insulted more because maybe they will peek on it. Anybody will allow the Quran and Sunnah will be, will be insulted this way? So it's haram. That's one reason. The second reason they say, even if the person will protect it and take care of it, it will not be insulted at all, there is another problem. That the person who is handling Ayatul Kursi as an example, in his chest or in his arm, he will never decide Ayatul Kursi, because he depends that it's already hand. Why do I have to? Say, what if I bring you a small Mus'haf as they call it, complete Mus'haf, and hang in your neck. I'm not going to recite the Quran at all, even in Salah, because I have them here. Allahu Akbar, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, because I have Quran already, no need for Fatiha, no need for Ishaq. So usually people will depend on what they are carrying, so they will not make dua, they will not recite Quran, they will not recite, will not recite Ayatul Kursi, they will not recite any times because they have it already with them. Same thing if they hang it in the, in the car, same thing if they hang it at home, so, ah, so they will depend on it instead of reciting it. That's the second reason to say it's haram. The third reason is, hanging Quran and Sunnah or Hadith will be another way to hang something else. So if a person is used to hang Quran and Sunnah, they, he may hang later on something else, which is not allowed, like he's hanging some words written by these people say this is ta'weez, take it and he hang it to, to ah. So it is a reason to hang something else. So in this, these three reasons we are saying in here, most of our ulama, they say a Muslim is not allowed to hang it. By the way, Sheikh bin Abiyameen, my Sheikh, my original Sheikh, he says, I cannot say it's haram. But Sheikh bin Baz, some other Sheikh, they say it is haram, because, as we said, with these reasons, clear in here. Those people who do not hang these things, usually they try always to recite them to protect themselves. So he always try to do this dhikr after salah, like astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, the other dua, and also ayatul kursi, qul huwa Allah wahad, qul nas, three times for al-maghrib and al-fajr, and the other one time. And he always will say also ayat al-Kursi before he sleeps. And he always will try to recite Quran in, in his life. In his schedule, daily schedule, he has Quran there. But if he's hanging it at home, oh, mashallah, he's putting Yasin, complete surah, and one fantastic handwriting in the majlis, huh? in the living room. Khalas, why do I have to recite Yasin? It's there already. I'll bring you a fantastic mushaf written with gold. Okay? Keep it at home, don't recite Quran. Oh, don't do that. That's wrong. Quran was descended not to decorate and enjoy the look of Ayatul Kursi or Surah Yasin or this to be hanged on walls. Quran was descended to us to be in our hearts and in our practice. That's Quran. That's why Sahaba of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were the strongest people in their time 
they could, they could change the surface of earth that time and they led people to the correct way of life because they did not only receive Quran and keep it in books they were as one of the Sahaba mentioned describing the other Sahaba say they were like Quran walking Quran Sahaba were like walking Quran walking Quran is what? And have you seen ever book, uh, Quran walking by stones? No. But these people, because they are carrying Quran and they are practicing Quran in their life, they look like a Quran walking. When a man, when a lawyer is very good in his major and he knows the law of his country, every piece of the law and he can play around with it, they say he's a fantastic lawyer, he's carrying the law in his mind. But a true Muslim, he is carrying Quran in his mind. He is carrying Sunnah in his mind, and he knows. Whenever anybody, if you come and ask one of these brothers, why you pray with Jama'ah? Say, Subhanallah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala say, Warkau ma raki. Warkau ma raki. Say, Warkau at home. Say, Warkau ma raki with with the Muslim. And Sahaba did this, and Allah. There is clear Quran in here and clear Sunnah in here. He is just giving the evidence like this. Like the person who, the, this lawyer who just gave an example, if you ask him about any point of the law, he said, no, no, didn't do this because the law says this. Did he open a book? Did he try to remember? Did he uh, check Google? No. He directly gave it from his mind because he's getting it in his mind. Now we want a Muslim really to carry these things in his mind, not the law, but Quran and Sunnah. Someone asked him, why, why didn't you do this? This is haram. Who said so? Allah said. Muhammad said. Clear, he's in his mind. Khalas. He's doing this because he loves Allah and he loves Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so he obeys them. He obeys both. He obeys both of them. So he is living with Quran. These are the Sahaba. Actually, that's why we say we are not supposed to carry Quran and Sunnah in our buckets. We should carry them in our hearts and in our minds. The second point, the case of Ruqa. And that's really another case which is people have the same thing on. <coughs> Ruqa, as we said, if it is from other than Quran and Sunnah and Dua, is not allowed. That's why they give three conditions to say that Ruqya is allowed. A correct Ruqya should have three conditions. The first one, should be with Quran, Sunnah, and Dua, clear, clear, Quran and Sunnah and Dua, not anything else. If it's going to be used with something else, then we will be in trouble of falling into the case of shirk. It should be understandable. When you go to someone, alim or sheikh or someone you know heard that he is making ruqya, we have a lot of them in Riyadh now. Some of them they have signs on their doors that he make ruqya. If you go to them for any reason, listen to them when they start to make ruqya. If they are not clear, saying it clearly, ask them to be clear. If you say, no, 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 no. What is he saying? 
Ah, he had a problem. Maybe he's calling jinns. Maybe he's using devil jinns to help him out in that. Yes. How can I distinguish between a magician or a predictor and a good Muslim who is making ruqya? Only by beard, this is not enough. A magician and a predictor can do making ruqya. It's easy. Yani, he will save, uh, yani, huh? That's it. But when you hear him, if he is reciting Quran and saying sunnah and making dua, then he's making ruqya. But if he's saying these things, you don't know what he's saying, be careful, he's calling the devil jinn. Of course, there are a lot of ways to know the predictor and, and magician, including this one. If you get into one of them one day, I hope you will not, inshallah. But if you get into one of them one day, you will see him that he's asking people about their mother's name. He will ask, he will tell him sometimes about things that nobody knows about except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, last night you were in your bedroom, you did something. Nobody knows about that except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even your wife is not there. And nobody goes a different way. Only you, are, you were only in your bedroom, you did something. Nobody knows about, about this except Allah and you, of course, because you are the one who did this. And you come to this predictor and you say, oh, last night you did this. Why he's saying this, by the way? And this is just a quick uh, exit in here, if you can say. Why he's doing this? To shake you. So you will lose your control. You will lose control of yourself, you will accept what he says to you. If he's telling you, ah, oh, last night in your bedroom you did this, this, this. You still remember, nobody knew that. I was only there. Who, who told him? Then he's shaking your iman to make you feel that he knows the ghayb. A'udhu billah, the ancient world. That's kufr. It's easy to know why, why he did, how did he know that? Easy and simple. As we said before, each one of us has a qareen. Qareen means a jinn. A devil jinn with each one of us is going all with us, called qareen. Even Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon the hadith he told us. This qareen is a jinn, a devil jinn. So the magician or predictor will send the devil jinns who he have a contract with to your qareen. Then he will ask him for information and he will bring it to him. Then he will show, shake you with this information nobody, nobody knows. So don't worry about him. He is just a poor guy. He has no certain power, no extra power. He is a poor guy. As soon as they, they say, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen ar-Rahman, and he will be afraid. Recite ayat al-Kursi. Allah la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyu Then he will be scared of you He cannot touch you, he cannot hurt you Because he is only using the devil jinn But if you have the weapon Ready, he cannot touch you So in this case, these people who are using this Un-understandable Oh, you cannot hear what he is saying Be careful, he must say it clearly So this case of Ruqya, with these three conditions, it will be allowed. The first one actually I should have said before, that the person who is receiving the Ruqya should believe that this Ruqya is not going to benefit him independently. It is only a reason. And the one who is going to benefit him is Allah Taala. This is only a reason. Like you are taking the medicine. Now when you take a pill of aspirin or Benadol, whatever you call it. When you take this, you believe that this is only a reason. And the one who is going to cure you is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So this is okay because this is valid reason. But if it was an invalid reason, if someone comes and takes a piece of a boon, small boon, and say, I will eat this, I will be inshallah okay, Allah will protect me by eating this boon. This is not a valid reason. So this is a minor shirk. But a medicine is a valid reason because it is known medically it is going to affect the body. But to ha- we have to believe that the one who is protecting, the one who is curing is Allah ta'ala. So these are three conditions. Does not, that the ruqya is not going to protect or help by itself, one case. Second case, that it has nothing against sharia of Muhammad sallam by using some dua against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not, not to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or saying some bad things on the, on the ruqya. The third thing is to be clear and understandable. When we say this now, with these three conditions, and with these three types of amulets, then we can easily understand these hadith we have in here. When Muhammad said that every ruqya, every tamima, every siwala is shirk, polytheism, he means those ones which does not have these conditions, or these ones which is going to be having shirk in it, which is happening in his time. But if this ruqya, with Quran and Sunnah, and with Arabic language, clearly understood and has nothing against sharia, then it's okay. In fact, it is with ajr. If you are capable of reciting some ayahs and some hadith and some dua, you should do this to yourself and your children. And whoever, if your brothers needs you, you can also help him out by making ruqya on him. But don't open a clinic. Yani. Some people, they do make it a clinic and they say, oh, this is a clinic of ruqya. No, that's not the case. You should be. Yani. You do it for the help of your brothers and your Muslim brothers if you have a time. Yeah, sometimes you find someone of your brothers, you, you visit one of your brothers يعني, in, in the hospital, he is sick. What you have to do is just make ruqya in a short time and just to not make him tired, but you, you make him feel happy because you are really caring about him. Plus, you are asking Allah for him. So you are getting ajr so many times. Visiting the, the, the sick Muslim, this is ajr. Making ruqya on him, this is another ajr. Making him happy and pleased, this is third ajr. So in one, one action, you have three ajr. The third hadith we have in here is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Ukayl. Abdullah ibn Ukayl radiyallahu anhu said, okay, Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Ukayl, some Muslim or Islamic scholars who talked about Sahaba, they said he's not a Sahabi. That's why you see his marfu' Marfu' means to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but it's not sure that Abdullah ibn Ukayl himself heard it from Muhammad sallallahu He heard it through one Sahabi. So he's tabi'i. But however, whether he's tabi'i or not, or tabi'i, hadith is correct, alhamdulillah. Muhammad sallallahu said, man ta'allaqa shay'an wukila ilayh. Whoever depends or rely on something, Allah will leave him for it. That's the meaning of the hadith. And if someone is depending on a dead person, relying on him, Allah will leave him for this dead person. Allah will not take care of him. Why we say tawakkaltu ala Allah? Ish man hath. Tawakkaltu ala means what? I really rely and depend on Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. That's the way. But we should not say it by tongue and go and rely by action on the others. Don't mix the Arabic words in here. Tawkeel. Ish man tawkeel. Here's the problem. Somebody says, I mean tawkeel is not allowed. I will not give tawkeel to my, uh, 
يعني اور ماسنجر هو از وركينج ان ذا ان ذا ديبارتمنت او جيف هيم توكيل تو ميك سمثينج فور مي نو ذاتس اوكي ذاتس كول وكاله يو جيف وكاله فور سمون تو دو سمثينج فور يو نو بروبلم بيكوز يو ار هاير ذان هيم بات اف هي از هاير ذان يو بي كيرفول دو نوت ديبند اون يور كومباني فور يور سالاري فور يور رزق نو يو ار ديبندينج اون الله ذا كومباني از اونلي ا ريزن تو جيت يور ماني Those people who depend on their company, on their general managers, they may disobey Allah because of them. They will obey them even if it's against Allah because they relied on them. No, we should rely and depend on Allah only, and we just consider these things only a reason. Yani who gave you the risk? Allah, of course. These people only the, the canal or the, the channel you're getting your risk through. So your risk will come to you, whether it's through this channel or some other channel. Don't worry. Doesn't mean that you're okay, I will I'll refuse all of their orders because they are not the... Uh, no, it's not the case. It's the case that I'm working in this company, so I should do my, the, my work the best way I can, so I will receive my money the best halal, inshallah. But doesn't mean that they are the, uh, my razzaq. They are not the, the one who gave me the risk. The one who gave me the risk is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I depend on him. I rely on him. So this hadith is clearly Muhammad telling us that whoever depends on someone, Allah will leave him for him. And if Allah leaves us, we are lost. If Allah leaves us to depend on someone else, other than him subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are lost. Even if you depend on the strongest person in this world. This person will die. Just imagine that you have a a car to get into Obama office anytime you want. Allah, Allah, who can stop me? Obama, the strongest man in this world, as they say, is this true, okay? I can get to his office anytime I want. If this person is depending on him, he is lost. Because he is depending on a weak man, weak person, a weak creature. But those people who depend on Allah, those are the ones who are, nobody can touch them actually. And if Allah allows people to, to hurt them, that's for his own good. For their own good. Take an example, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was hurt by his people. That means Allah did not take care of him? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he protected him, but Allah wants Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa to suffer some cases to show us that he is only a human being. He's not an angel. He's not a different thing. So when we are supposed to follow him and go with his way, nobody says, oh, he's an angel. I cannot do like him. وَقَالُوا لَوْ لَا نُزْلَ عَلَيْنَا الْمَلَائِكَةِ أَوْ نَرَى رَبَّنَا No. We are not supposed to receive an angel to give us the, the message of Islam. We receive a, a, a messenger, a human being, like us. He eats and he dies and he needs bathroom and he gets sick, like us. And he's also hurted, more than us. Just to tell us that we want to live the life, we are supposed to live the life as human beings, not as angels. We are human beings, we make mistakes. So we ask Allah for forgiveness. We are human beings, we get sick, we die. We need bathroom, we need food, drink. So we should put our life, schedule our life, work in our life the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. So depending on Allah is a fantastic case that nobody can do it except 
those good people like you, inshallah. Last ayah of Surah At-Tawbah. فَإِنْ تَوَلَّوْا فَقُلْ حَسْبِيَ اللَّهِ حَسْبِيَ اللَّهِ حَسْبِيَ اللَّهِ That means Allah is taking care of me. I'm depending on Him. حَسْبِيَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَهُوَ رَبُّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمِ And when we talk about tawakkul, when we when we when we were talking about the dars of self purification last year, we discussed the case of tawakkul and why, and detailed, but detailed. Maybe some of you did not attend that, but just to remind you that so many ayahs in Quran, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is telling us that depending on Him Subhanahu wa Taala, reliance on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is one of the great, great, great ibadah worshiping of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala by the heart. When you have strong dependence on Allah, Allah will take care of you. And we give so many examples. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is an example. In after Uhud battle, somebody came to him and said that Quraysh are coming back to you to kill you and your your Sahaba. After he lost seventy of his Sahaba in the battle of Uhud, that person told him that the Quraysh are Kafirin are gathering together to come back to you. So Allah descended to him an ayah. الذين قال لهم الناس إن الناس قد جمعوا لكم فخشوهم فزادهم إيمانا وقالوا حسبنا الله ونعم الوكيل. وطلز رزق فانقلبوا بنعمة من الله وفض لم يمسسهم سوء. محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم when he received this ayah when he received this news he directly brought brought all of his sahaba who are still alive but all some of them lots of them are hurt he took them back to the battle area. And he followed Quraysh, so they ran away. Another example is Hud, alayhi salam. Hud was facing all of his people in one time. He was alone. And his, all of his people in front of him. And he, he, he really did not care about them. He said, I depend on Allah. قالوا يا هود ما جئتنا ببينته وما نحن بتارك آلهتنا عن قولك وما نحن لك بمؤمنين إن نقول إلا اعتراك بعض آلهتنا بسوء. قال Listen to what he said. Allah is telling us what Hud said. قَالَ إِنِّي أُشْهِدُ اللَّهِ وَاشْهَدُوا أَنِّي بَرِيءُ مِمَّا تُشْرِكُونَ مِنْ دُونِهِ فَكِيدُونِي جَمِيعًا ثُمَّ لَا تُنْطِرُونَ Hurt me now, all of you, now. Not tomorrow, now. If you could. They couldn't. They couldn't. Because Allah was with him. Dependence and reliance on Allah is a big case. So when a, when a person really depends on someone other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Allah will leave him for him. As in this hadith of Abdullah ibn Uqay. These are three hadith we have mentioned. We have still another three hadith we we'll leave inshallah for next week, so we will not take so long of your time. Uh, also, not to mix a lot of knowledge at the same time. Maybe it will. Yani when you when you get a lot of knowledge or discuss a lot of cases at the same time, cases will mix. No, we don't want to mix. We want to have this knowledge clear to us, then insha'Allah we'll complete discussing this. Um, one case, Sheikh Mtiyaz is trying to put these dirts into internet. Uh, it's now in four shared, but insha'Allah hopefully soon it will be on Islam House website. That website is containing a lot of uh, dirts and books in every different language. Even if your language, never, nobody heard about it, you'll find it there. I have read some of their languages, I never heard of it. So every language you think of, there is 
books and pamphlets and there are also uh, audios, maybe videos, free. You can download them. The internet now is used in the correct way, alhamdulillah, for a lot of Muslims and you can use this easily and simply and buy any, anywhere. Anywhere you can do. You can go for five riyadh or two riyadh, three riyadh on this one of these caves if you don't have internet at home and you can download whatever yani, audios or videos or yani, other things that you can use for listening at here. This, our darts in here, this humble darts we have in here, is also, inshallah, going to be an internet. Uh, it's already in four shared, but inshallah, we'll try to put it into Islam House website where they accepted to put it there, inshallah, soon. Uh, that's what we have to say tonight. And if you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Yes, Jazakallah Sheikh is mentioning that Jaliyat, uh, especially in Rabwa, they are having a fantastic, the best I've ever been through course, free. Five semesters, every semester is half of the year almost. These semesters are containing every kind of Islamic knowledge you may need. As soon as you finish some of them, you will be capable of becoming fantastic da'iyah to Islam. They are teaching Quran, they are teaching Hadith, they are teaching Fiqh, they are teaching Tawheed, they are teaching Da'wah, they are teaching Seerah, and so on. So when you are in there, it's only an hour and a half daily for two days only. Saturday and Sunday for English and some other days for other languages. All you have to do is just go there, register your name, they will offer you the transportation and also the dinner. So you don't have to cook at home if you are not married. All you have to do is just finish the dance and take your food and go home and eat and relax. So I really urge every one of our brothers who have never been through these courses to join in his own language. If you want it in English, it's available. I'll be happy to see you there because I'm teaching you there also. If you want it in Urdu or Tilgu or any other language that you've never heard of, you'll find it there also. So. I urge you brothers to join. They are going to start inshallah next week so you can register this week or next week even. You can go and register and you inshallah will see you in the office there inshallah. Any questions? Jazakumullah khair. Oh yes. Anyone who is knowing the ayat and the hadith to say? Silently? No, no, not silently. At least, I mean, that's why they say reciting Quran or dua cannot be silently. At least the lips will be moving. And in Salah, as an example, you can't say, I recite all the Fatiha. No. There should be at least moving the lips. It's better to have, as Allah told us in His holy book, last ayah or last two ayahs in Surah Al Isra. وَلَا تَجْهَرْ بِصَلَاتِكَ وَلَا تُخَافِتْ بِهَا لَا تَجْهَرْ Don't make it loud. And if you just imagine all of us here praying and al-Zuhr as an example because al-Maghrib al-Isha there is Imam and he is reciting. Okay? But suppose we are praying al-Zuhr in here. And we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Everybody is saying this. No one will pray because everybody is saying the same time. Same thing also, وَلَا تُخَافِتْ بِهَا Don't make it without a voice. No. Same thing for Ruqya also. We have to have it with a voice. If you are doing it for yourself, 
enough to move your lips and, and spit in your hand and you know touch your body with it. Or if, it's, if you are doing it to someone else, no, there should be a sound they can hear. Because yani, devil jinns will hear you when you recite this ruqya. Ayat, ayat al-Kursi, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ وَحَدُ قُلْ عَدُرُ بِالْفَلَقُ وَدْرُ بِالنَّاسِ الْفَاتِحَةِ As Khadr bin Walid and the other Sahaba were, uh, you know the story when they were traveling once and, and uh, they stopped by some uh, yani, uh, Arabian tribe and they refused to give them what the gifts are supposed to have. And later on they came to them and they say that we have one of us, uh, one of their leaders or their leaders was yani, gotten by uh, Scorpio or something and they said, can you do Ruqya for us? They said, okay, yes, we'll do, but you have to give us money. That's because they did not give them yani, uh, hospitality. Otherwise, you're not supposed to take money for it unless they give. That's why they say, if you ask, some people, they make uh, huh, in the door how much he, you have to pay for ruqya. That is not in Islam. But if someone and he makes ruqya to you and you give him money, fine. And he accepts it, no problem. But he's not supposed to ask for it. He's supposed to do it. It should be also with heard voice, especially if there's someone else. If it's for yourself, it's enough to move your lips. Sorry? Just recite the ayahs you know. Al-Fatiha, spit in your hand for your body or spit on the person in front of you. Spitting in here is not an insult, by the way. It's not an insult. Some people think this is an insult. But it's not. With a little of. With a little of. Nobody makes it, you know. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We have a condition that it should be clear. Right? Yeah. Unless it's loud being... Yeah, we cannot... But maybe he's asking for making ruqya to himself. And if I'm making ruqya to myself, I'm not going to loud it. As I said, you know, if you are doing this to someone else, it should be clear. You should hear it. But if you're doing it to yourself, and if you are making ruqya on yourself. Anyway, that's enough. Surah Al-Fatiha, Ayatul Kursi, Qul Huwa Allah Wahad three times, Qul Adul Al-Farq three times, Qul Adul Al-Farq three times, so many. It depends also on the, what is the thickness of the person. As an example, if he is having jinn, there are certain eyes for jinn, to kick jinn out. If he is having an evil eye, there are some certain eyes for evil eye. If he is having uh, magic, there are certain eyes for magic. Okay? But that's for extra people. I'm not one of them. But however, these people, these people, when they come to people, that's why you maybe you met here in Saudi Arabia and Riyadh especially. If you go to someone who's making ruqya, you'll find that he's making ruqya to 10, 20, 30 people in there. In one side. Why is he doing this? He is actually doing this to see and segregate people. People with jinn aside. People with evil eye on this side. People with magic is this side. Each one has different eyes to be recited with. That's why maybe if you notice, but be careful, you should not be scared. If you go there, you will see that some people who are having jinn, they will, the jinn will start to talk. And maybe they will make so much movement uh, crazy. He's crazy. What can you do? He's making movements that really will, may scare you. If you are scared, don't get in there because may jinn jump from the person to the other. Especially the scared one. So when they recite these eyes, they will differentiate now between these people. Then they will give them special recitation of Ruqya. If what? Okay. Uh-huh. 
He should do Ruqiyah himself first of all, and he can go for Ruqiyah. Okay, no problem. Yeah, that's no problem. This is part, part of the ilaj, which is the best ilaj of course. In fact, if you recite, if you read Surah Nuh, you'll be amazed that Allah told us that Nuh told his people, if they say istighfar, they will have so many things. So, What is he going to give us? يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ That's right. وَيَمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالِ Money. وَبَنِينَ Children. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتِ Gardens. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارَ Rivers. All these five things only comes with istighfar. You can bring them with istighfar. Lots of istighfar, Allah will give you, inshallah, what you want. Unless there is a barrier to stop. Because sometimes we do dua, <coughs> this dua will not be accepted because of some barrier. Nobody says, Allah, I made dua, but Allah did not give me. Maybe there are barriers, and maybe that your dua will not be given to dun- dunya, to give it, give it in Jannah, give it in judgment, I mean, judgment day. As we said before about dua, when we talk about self-purification, dirt, we said that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us, told his Sahaba, that anyone who makes dua, he will get one of three things. Allah may give him what he wants, he asks. He asks for children, Allah gives, he gives him children. He asks for money, Allah gives him money. Or, Allah will push away troubles or, or tragedies from him. Third one, or, he, Allah will leave this for him in judgment day, so it will be in his mizan, his scale in judgment day, so he will, it will be heavier. So, Sahaba said, yes, Allah, if this is going to happen by any means, one of these things, will make more dua. He said, Allah is more. Yani Allah will give you more. You make more. Allah is, Allah is more generous than us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's the most generous. Just make dua. Make istighfar. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better than us. He will give us. Whether in dunya or in judgment day. Or he will push things from us in dunya. What are we losing? How much will pay for this? How, many time, how much time? While you are driving your car. While you are in your bed. While... Make dua. He's generous subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are conjuice. Wallahi we are conjuice for ourselves. We are greedy. We don't want to give ourselves good things. Yeah, if it was money, well, I will go and jump all around trying to gain this money. But, yeah, this, this good, this khair, Allah is giving us, and well, we are too busy. Inshallah. الذين يذكرون الله قياما, standing, وقعودا, sitting, وعلى جنوبهم. And even if you are in bed, instead of thinking of things and problems in your day and what happened to you and this guy hurt you and this guy, instead of this, Recite Quran, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you'll go sleep, to sleep quickly. You don't need to take any pills. Because shaitan is keeping you from sleeping to hurt you. But when he sees you reciting Quran, Allah, ruh no, Mishaq, He doesn't want you to recite Quran, so he lets you know, sleep. Well, no, dua is, without wudu, even, even if in Janaba. Dua is no problem. No, not Quran, dua. Dua. Only Quran is not, we're not supposed to do it without, without, uh, but without wudu, no problem. Reciting Quran without touching it from your heart, without wudu, no problem. No problem. We can't read without wudu. Hmm? We can't read Quran without wudu. From your heart. From your heart. Not without touching Mus'haf. Yeah. From your heart, no problem. From your computer. Now, alhamdulillah, now, I remember one of my brothers, mashallah, la ilaha illallah. Some brothers, mashallah, they have smart eye, smart head, they use it in the correct way. 
He's Turku, that's in Saudi Airlines, and he has his computer. He installed a Quranic program that he can see the Quran exactly as it is. And he moved it by the mouse, not by his hands. So he can recite it and touch it without wudu. And mashallah, he, he, he finished Quran 30 juz one week, two weeks. Always. Mashallah. Every time we get to his office and he has nothing, no work to do, yallah, he's just reciting Quran without wudu. And when there is work, telephone or somebody, he just put it down, yallah. Finish his work, he has nothing to do. He's sitting in his office waiting for work. No work in there. Yallah, make it and recite. You can read books. You can do a lot of things. You are in your office. You are on call, as they call them. You are ready for work. If you have no work in your you are not supposed to do it. Anyway, and your, your boss is not giving you anything yet. So you can wait. At home. Give it to your children. And today, as an example, subhanAllah, I was checking on YouTube. You know YouTube. Nobody missed this uh, crazy place. I found... Someone, Jazakallah Khair, he made a way to teach children Quran, young children. He made almost all the surahs, all the surahs of Juzu Amma, the last, the 30th Juz of Quran. But he made it in a fantastic way. The reciter will recite the ayah, the ayah will show up in the screen. When he finished, there are children who are saying after the reciter. So your child will listen to this and he will do with it. He's not alone now. <clears throat> he's hearing that he's with someone. You can repeat this surah so many times. So your child will memorize this surah. Easily. Use YouTube, but in the correct way. Yani, in this life, there is a lot of dirt. But a Muslim will walk in this life. Like he's walking in dirt, but he's gaining the good things out of it. Even in time of Muhammad sallallahu life was not so clean. There were alcohol, there were Jew, they were Christian, they were atheists, they were brothers, so many. But they were, they, uh, Muhammad sallallahu his sahaba used to take good things of this life and use it to satisfy Allah wa ta'ala. We should do the same way. We do not reject internet totally, we do not reject these dishes, Satellite, we take what's good on them. In the beginning, we refused them, yes, because they were all bad. Yeah, you, I don't know why we're just going to these exits, but no problem. It's a case of our darsana. In here in Saudi Arabia, long time ago, when the first radio started in Saudi Arabia, all these scholars of Saudi Arabia said it is haram. What kind of Haram, haram, kush, haram. Yes. They said it is haram because it was only having the bad things. No good things in radio at that time. When they started to have good things into radio, they said, okay, it is halal if you use it in the correct way. If it's haram, it's haram if you use it. Same thing for the TV. Television was totally haram in the beginning because there were no good things in it. Totally. Hollywood, Bollywood, so on, that's all. But no good things in it. Now when it's the TV, people start to use it in the correct ways, there are some good channels into it, ah, you can use it. Same thing for this internet also. Internet you can get into it, mashallah, you can find la ilaha illallah. If you want any recitation of any sheikh you've ever heard of, 
you find it there. If you want any lecture, you find it there. English, subhanAllah, yesterday I was checking this YouTube again, and I found lectures of Sheikh Khalid Yassin, black American. Lectures of Sheikh Yusuf Isdis, white American. Lectures of Sheikh bin Adameen, lectures of Sheikh bin Ba... So on. All you have to do is just click. Dr. Zakir Naik. All you have to... Uh, Sheikh Didat, his Sheikh. So many. All you have to do is just click. And also all you have to do is just click to find Bollywood. The same way. It's the case of clicking. And clicking here, whether it's good deeds or bad deeds. One quick click of the mouse. That's why Allah will ask us. We have complete freedom to do good or bad. So we should use this life. The good things in the life, we use it. The bad thing, we move away from it. It is a test. If it was, if everything, if everything in this life is good, where is the test? No test. All of us will be angels. Because no bad things are there. But there are bad and good things, so we are tested in here. Are we going to do the bad or the good? Those who do the good things, they will deserve Jannah. After the satisfaction of Allah, those who do the bad, deserve Jannah. Very simple and very easy. Yes, sir. Person stays with me, his name is Muslim, but I didn't find any group of Islam, which, what can I do? Call, call him to Islam. Okay, call him to Islam, and don't say, come, you are become a Muslim. No, but just do it the way, the smart way. Bring him a tape, audio, a CD, bring him a pamphlet, uh, take him to visit some good vehicle. Yes, I stayed with him, till now. In front of his room, there is Salah Jumai, he was praying in the room, but he is sleeping. Okay. So, you know how, how long did Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spend, how long, how, what was the time he spent Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam calling people? Yani Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us in one hadith that he saw, in dream, okay, messengers and prophets, in judgment day coming with no followers. No, no, so, okay, hold on. You and me are human beings. We should do our best to call these people. Yeah, and you don't wait, say, okay, I called him twice, th- three times, nobody, he doesn't listen to me. Khali wali. La, ya hadith. Do your best, continue to call. Continue trying with this person to, be, to become a good Muslim. As I told you, use so much different ways to call him to Islam or to call, become a good Muslim. Yeah, call him through pamphlets, tapes. Uh, audios, CDs, uh, visit, uh, if someone visits you to tell talk, to, maybe he does not accept from you for some reason, you know, there are some self-defense. Yani, if someone comes to you and he is not listening to you because he, he has some problem with you, don't talk to him, let someone else talk to him. Then you are making the doubt. Yes, sir. If they Play it and record, recorded the dua to learn. It's fine. But instead of saying it by themselves, no. For learning, as we said in hanging ayat on, 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 or, or hadith on the wall, for learning, fine. But for decoration or just to not to do it because it's there, no. These people who are hearing this for, uh, Quran or uh, recorded dua, they say, this is enough for us, we hear. And, nah, this is not the correct way. They should record it or play it to hear it to learn, so they will say it.
جزاكم الله خير وسيم ان شاء الله نكسيك